everybody. Welcome to Improv FAQ at length. This is a series of longer conversations about improv topics that have lots of questions surrounding them. I'm James Quesada. And I'm Bob Wick. And we have our good friend joining us as a guest for this episode. It's Eileen Ernest. Welcome, Hello. Eileen. Hi. Eileen is a friend of ours from the Cincinnati improv community. We're very happy to have you on uh, to talk about the topic of total commitment in improv. And um, for, to start us off, can you, this is your selection of a topic. Could you let us know like uh, what you had in mind or, or what made you want to talk about this topic? Yeah. Uh, so I didn't know. I came to improv through acting. So I got my degree in musical theater and then through the, um, through different people in the theater community, I joined improv and I didn't realize uh, until much later that a lot of people don't take that route. And uh, so there's this whole vocabulary in the acting world that I think is actually really beneficial for people who want to perform improv <laughs> and they yeah. don't, they yep. don't ever take those classes and they don't ever take that journey. And so there's this kind of uphill battle of like, great, I, I just played a whole lot of games with my friends and now I want to perform on stage. Why is there this disconnect with the audience? <laughs> yeah, 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 totally. Yeah. And, um, and so, so the commitment part of that, uh, it, does that come from, in, in your opinion, like it, where does that come from? Is it, is it from the acting side being more about like, uh, just s- starting with emotion and physicality and like, what is the, ma- where do you think that difference mainly comes from between acting yeah. and improv? For me, the best way that I can explain it is it's, um, being able to tap into the honest parts of yourself and showing that vulnerability at a heightened level so that it is enjoyable to watch. There are a lot of words put together, but it's really important because we we play all of these improv games for each other. And then, I mean, you know, we, we whenever improvisers get together, we we'll do bits on bits on bits on bits. And if you bring your significant other or your friends who are not improvisers to any of those events, they're like, oh, Christ, do I have to meet your improv friends again? Yeah, I've yeah. met them Why every year. Why don't they ever say anything real? <laughs> yes. Like, I, yes. I've God, met these people a yeah. hundred yes. times, but I don't feel like I know any of them. Exactly. Yeah. I, and we have this, this um, uh, kind of phrase. Sometimes I hear it in improv, but a lot I hear it in acting circles where it's like, oh, my God, can he just not be on? Can, he, can I just right. meet the real person? And I think that that's really hard for improv uh, improvisational people in particular because they do have that like they went to improv because it's this yes and community and they're like what if they don't like me what if they don't what if they don't mm-hmm. accept me they think I'm clever they think I'm funny if if I'm just me what if they don't like that uh, and I feel yeah. like the acting side yeah. of that really uh, builds up your your internal strength and your confidence to be like I am valuable and I am worth getting to know. And I, as the improviser, am talented. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a lot of building your your uh, self-esteem, really, like, uh, yeah. and self-connection first. Well, and, and I not that that's really absent from, from improv, but one of the things I'm thinking that that's kind of different, because I come from a little bit of a theater background, but, but uh, um, forensics, 
speaking and acting is, is, is my background. And one of the things that I think that that, that has in common with like uh, acting as a discipline um, is just that it's so uh, introspective and personal first, that you do a lot of work just like crafting your thing and finding your, like how to calibrate yourself and how to bring your voice to the table. Whereas like improv tends to be um, uh, a little bit more of like a, um, jump off the cliff and learn to fly kind of thing, which is exciting. Yeah. But I think that maybe yeah. there's a little bit of like chasing that um, slipperiness uh, and um, and that the, a negative side effect that, of that is is that we, um, it, is that maybe we're not trying to connect while doing it as much as we're trying to just like uh, stay impulsive and excitable. You know what I mean? For sure. I, 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 I can completely agree with both of you uh but from a guy who didn't have theater background of uh, theater background i think there's also a part where th- this is the f- when we first become improvisers we finally meet people who do understand what a bit is so like it, it, it almost feels like a connection in a way and then you get overwhelmed you know like because i'm totally guilty of not like when i first started not being able to turn it off because i never got to turn it on and once it's on like let's just <laughs> let's just do this. Let's just do it. And then like, For and then sure. yeah, you, you get a couple of years down the road and it's like, Oh, this, you, you, this is kind of a uh, false. This is, yeah. So, I mean, there is times, there is times where, yeah, you, you absolutely have to learn how to turn it off. But I, I feel like when you go into a room of improvisers or improvisers, like a tuning fork going into the, a room of tuning fork says on the same pitch. And all it does is one person needs to start resonating and we all have to make the same noise. And I love it. Like, I love that energy yeah. and I love that. But it's, it's also kind of like you, you can run for years yeah. before somebody actually says, oh, hey, did you know that, that you have this weird tick with your back foot and like it never like no one said it in the way that you really understood or the way that it really hit any buttons inside and I feel like that happens a lot in improv and in improv training where like you're doing something and you're like I don't know why this isn't clicking or nobody's ever said hey have you ever noticed that this is a thing that is a crutch for you and it doesn't mean that you can't ever do it it doesn't mean that you can't ever put it in there or that people can't go, Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to pimp you because I know that this is your thing. Like those are great sketch moments in improv, but like, it's so interesting when people are like, Oh my God, I never, I have no body awareness. I have no physical awareness. I didn't know that I didn't project. I didn't know that the whole point of this is to be seen. I think sometimes even just saying the words out loud so that improvisers have that vocabulary is really important Uh, because there's that moment of like everything that you're doing needs to matter because it matters to the audience. And they don't know. No one knows the script. No one knows the story. So like this could be the thing that is the story in your improv scene. And we've missed it because we didn't name it. (laughs) Yeah. 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 So and and then what does what does total commitment look like to you or and or like what does it look like when it's not happening? Um, what are some ways to for, for people who are like, am I totally committed or not? Like, how, how do you even know yeah. if you're doing it? <laughs> so so internally for me, I know when I'm out of it 
when when I side with the audience over my scene partner. And specifically, it's those times when like maybe your scene partner has said something that negated the scene or maybe you've said something and you either do the literal take to the audience. It's like, we're on a team against this guy. Or or it's like <laughs> pointing out to the audience, hey, remember we're doing an improv show and we just made a mistake. <laughs> like instead of embracing that as a total commitment and truth to the scene. And that's right. really hard to do, especially if, if it's like, man, I told you that it was nighttime and you just said the sun's really bright. Instead of going, we're on the planet whatever that has sun and night at the same time. Same time. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and so, like, it, it's those moments. And they're so, it's so easy and so hard to do at the same time. Because, yeah. <laughs> like, and, and you constantly, and, and that, I think that's why improv is so great. Because it's, like, you will have these amazing sets and not know why. And then you will have real shit sets. And you're like, I feel like I know why, but I'm still not sure we can dissect it yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. I, I, I like that the kind of distinguishing with the whether you're on the side of the audience or the side of the people on stage with you because and so I, I guess I'm also curious though because like um I don't know there's something inherently inclusive of the audience I mean I, with theater but there's a little less of the fourth wall up in improv because it's active playing and everybody in the room gets to discover but you don't want to favor the audience too much so like so like how do you how do you like kind of keep playful and alive to the total perception in the room, but but like keep make sure that you are uh, 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 committed and connected to your scene partner over the audience. Like, how do you make sure that that's the balance that you have? One of the best examples that I can give you is the Carol Burnett show. It's it's that beautiful like specificity of physical and emotional comedy and you you know that you've just said something completely batshit and the audience is laughing and you're holding you are and it's that that intangible electricity and it's like ah we know but you don't you don't look at them you don't honor the audience reaction in that way of like I know, right? We are so funny. Yeah, like, oh, <laughs> that <man>. was me. <laughs> well done, us. You you stay hey. in it, and when the and just that crest of like, great, the audience has stopped laughing. Quite, you continue on with the scene, right. and you let it you let it impact what has happened, but you don't let it uh, determine what's going to happen next. Gotcha. Don't let it yeah. determine yeah. what's going to happen next. I think that that is that's a great specific again, distinguish, way to distinguish between like, okay, can it, it's not that you're not allowed to take joy in what's happening in the total room, but it shouldn't be more important in your decision-making for like how to make choices. Um, because, because you're not, you're not partners with the audience. You are partners with the person on stage with you. (laughs) Like, Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, and they're, they're, the audience is enjoying it because they can be voyeurs. The second that you bring them into the moment in such a, in that in such a specific way, like, oh, great, you're on my team, awesome. Then they're like, prove you're funny, prove you're it. Right? Now, and, and, now we're judging yeah. you. <laughs> Don't judge me. And, and just enjoy me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> or there's other audience who become too helpful and like start saying stuff all the time, like. 
you know, I got this. Let me uh, let me do my job. Your job is to watch. Yeah. But, you know, if, again, if you take down that fourth wall, they're going to walk through. So yeah. it's there I for re- a reason. I remember the first time I ever saw the Bearded Company perform. Mm. Um, and I, to this day, I stand by that statement. I said, this is the most diverse bunch of white dudes I have ever seen. <laughs> that I, should be their logo. <laughs> yes. I, I, they, I mean, they were playing women. They were playing men. They were playing children. They were playing fantasy creatures. And they weren't playing at them. They were becoming them. And, and it was so delightful to see someone play other characters with such depth and commitment that I was like, yes, this is, this is theater without a script. And, and I really enjoy yeah. that. I really enjoy it. Yeah. yeah. And for anyone who doesn't know the bearded company, they are an improv group out of uh, Minneapolis and LA, uh, formerly the bearded men. Uh, and then they opened up, uh, to, uh, all genders. Um, and, uh, they do see sort of like seasons of genre shows. So they'll do like Western or pirates or uh, post-apocalyptic. And they'll, uh, they've, they've come to the Detroit Improv Festival. They tour with their um, specific genre for as long as they're uh, having fun with it and before they move on to the next thing. But I, I, I think that that is, you know, again, it's very acting driven and um, about, you know, Bob, you always talk about like the narrative arc and, and especially with those yeah. narrative things, you, it's so much more important for you to commit to the uh, foundation and, the, and each beginning moment yeah. if you're going to be able to build a full arc, <laughs> you know, that makes any kind of sense yeah. um, throughout, throughout a show. What, what do you do, Bob, to, to like um, stay connected to, to people if you feel yourself kind mm. of like getting away from being that fully committed or connected? Um, the first thing I do is I give up control. I completely get like, like time for some optic work, time for some physical stuff. I, cause if I get into the point where I'm a character, like it almost feels like the character's talking. I'm not. So I start watching the character and, and that character might say something that surprised me and I'll break. Cause I'm more of an audience member in that moment than, than a performer. I'll start doing object work. I'll start doing something interesting. Uh, mm. uh, and, I'll make, and I'll make them wait for me to say something again. So I'm building tension at the time. Uh, during that time, I'm also trying to make connection with the partner. Like, I know, I know, I almost knocked over our house of cards, but we're cool. I got you. <laughs> we're good. We're good. I, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to back off. Please, please move it forward. And uh, I'll connect. I'll, I'll get back with you in a second as soon as I collect my shit. <laughs> Totally. I think it's important. Collect I think my it's shit. Important. <laughs> yeah, I collect my shit. Correct. I'll be right back. <laughs> let me collect my shit. My invisible yeah, shit. Sorry, and I made a mess of things. <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. I came close. Uh, we all enjoyed that moment, uh, but let's let's keep it going. Because um, I think I think connection is important to to your scene partners, but also to the audience. And and by that I mean your audience has to trust you. So if you are breaking the rules of what they think a performer is supposed to be in a non-playful way, like if, if you're just, you know, if you're not being consistent, then why would they trust you? And, when, and you kind of lose the mystique when you can't trust a performer or their narrative. So I just, yeah. I think it's important. <laughs> no, I, 
I could not agree more. I feel like there, um, in, in improvisation more than anything else, we make promises and there's nothing yeah. more devastating than, than leaving the audience behind. Like, so if you're like having a scene in the kitchen and immediately you go to crazy town, I tell my students all the time, you can't start in a kitchen and then go immediately to fucking spiders in space. You can't do it because the audience doesn't know why we went there. If right. you make a story arc and you end up logically fucking spiders in space, I will, I applaud you. But so often, and like, and I love all, I love long form. I love short form. I love narrative. I love it all. I will, I will do it all. Yeah. Uh, but I feel like that is, um, that's what's really hard for some people to really get into long form because they're like, I don't know what's happening in the story. And then somebody stops listening and then we end up in a weird scene that doesn't connect with anything else and then everybody's screaming <laughs> right and I'm like, yeah. sure yeah. sure but and and the thing is that individually none of those scenes truly is bad but you have to earn getting there you have to earn getting to crazy town you have to earn getting to the place where everyone's in the insane asylum screaming like yeah and yeah. everybody wants yeah. to get to those scenes, but you have to earn it. <laughs> yeah. And again, I think it's that, that like eagerness, right. To, to like, uh, yeah. I don't know. What, what do you, what do you two think about the, the, what's, what's, what could, what could a, an improv class be doing more of or less of to encourage that kind of commitment? Um, just as a, as a general culture, because I, I, again, I go back to what I said a little bit earlier about like it being like a sink or swim or, or jump off the, the cliff and learn to fly kind of thing. And um, I don't know, like, like what is the difference between that and the way that, that we approach um, uh, acting for uh, more traditional acting? Um, what, is, what is the difference or what, what could change to gear it differently? Uh, well, I think I think the first thing we should start doing is not almost you have, almost have to teach the students not to make getting a laugh a goal. I think that's a and, and most people do get into this thing to be funny or to you know be funny on stage or they're the funny person at work or whatever. Um, but I, I think this is closer to storytelling, which is entertaining and and can be funny than than it is to stand up. So we should prioritize storytelling, storytelling techniques or acting techniques because you are a character within the story you're creating uh, rather than like a thousand and one, which I know we do that. We do a thousand and one for a reason. And then I, I, you know, I love short form, but I think during the short form classes, maybe like, well, now that we learn how to make or take something small and use it in interesting ways, how how can we use it to tell a story rather than just like hey good job that was a funny innuendo you know I don't... yeah yeah <laughs> I don't know <laughs> and and speaking of the uh, like long form and short form because I think that I think the storytelling thing is a really I know you've said that before on the on in our conversations Bob uh, that that yeah. focusing on storytelling uh, can make a big difference um, and I think that that is a great difference in framing it is that it's, it's not about like uh, each, you know, jokes per, per line or whatever, per moment. Uh, it's, it's about the full arc of, of what's going on on stage. And I think that 
that applies more to long form than short form. So I'm just also curious, yeah. like, uh, Eileen, is there is there <laughs> for like short form that's less about character and more about like um, either you know things like uh, make a machine or like uh, defend the line games? Um, is there also like a commitment as a performer? Like, what's the difference between performer commitment and and like character commitment? Do you know what, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, so I think all of these things are kind of linked. Um, so like uh, short form, I think, serves a really invaluable purpose to actually lead into long form. Because if you start playing with people short form, you understand their games, their characters, their tropes, all of those things that are in their back pocket, mm. then you can also very quickly find the game of a long form scene. And, and it's because you have the shorthand of the short form games. And, and I find it really yeah. beautiful to work with people in that way. Um, and specifically with short form and in long form, the, the basic foundations, I feel like we talk about them and a lot of classes and training that I took, it was like, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, and um, give each other names, uh, relationship. But then we don't, we, we have to keep going back and we have to give specific notes. The only thing that should be improvised is when you're in a show. Rehearsal time is work time, is repetition time. It is not, let's do a 45-minute scene and go, God, that felt really weird in the minute. middle. Stop in the middle. Stop in the fucking middle of that rehearsal and go, guys, did you? we just jumped into fucking spiders in space. Why? Let's go back. Okay, let's go back to the last three, three lines. Oh, I don't remember the last three lines. Why not? Why don't you remember the last three things yeah. that you said? Oh, because I wasn't connecting. Aha, let's go back. Like, and so like yeah. being able to dissect it in rehearsal, that is what that time is for. And I feel like so many, like a lot of improvisers are wonderful improvisers. I am not shaming anyone. But uh, a lot of times we get to a, a practice or a rehearsal and we do a thing. We don't know why we did the thing. It was just a warm-up. Okay, great. And now we're doing scenes, and we don't know what we're focusing on the scene. And then 45 minutes later, we're leaving, and we're going, I got to see my friends today. I, I'm not sure what we've rehearsed. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, yeah, I think that's great, because you what you hear a lot is people say, say like, uh, you know, when uh, stage time shouldn't be a rehearsal. But the reverse is yes. also true, too, is that a rehearsal shouldn't be a show, probably, See, right? That's true, that's true. And, and, no. and, 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 and like, yeah, I, I don't know. I've thought, um, I've had on and off thoughts of like, uh, what what if, I, I remember, uh, so there's a show that I directed called The Elastic Time Cannon, and we were working on like um, uh, repetition of improvised lines, like, uh, and, and um, uh, but, but the way that we, exercised it was that we wrote these generic 10 line scenes everybody wrote like six one page scripts and then one of our rehearsals was to um uh read the lines over and over again as if you were about to like you know audition with them and then just find all these different ways to say it and i and i i, I was like that that's stuck with me for a while of like I wonder if there's more ways to to do things like that in rehearsal where you're not really improvising, but you are using a, a, a kind of lightning rod for improv yes. uh, and, and can yes. benefit it with it in a different way. Yes. So if you set up like this is the skill that we want to work on tonight, we want to work on 
total emotional commitment. Then you tailor that evening's workload to do just that. It's not about naming people. It's not about relationships. It's not, don't overload, focus on this one skill and then give specific notes like, hey, you tend to ask questions when you're emotionally uncomfortable. Hey, you aren't, you know, you, you so that the people can get those tangible notes that they know what to do with. Yeah, Because yeah. it's like, we all know when something sucks, we don't necessarily know why it sucked. And we're never going to do that improv scene again. So right. it doesn't matter if you're like, right. well, this is what I would have done in that scene. Great. That's, yeah, 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 that's an excellent yeah. point. Yes. Yeah. Yes, yes. <laughs> We're going to do that scene again. There's yeah. one um, specific one for emotional commitment game that I really love. And it's uh, just doing a scene about, uh, just as an example, like, okay, do a two person scene and you're talking about the end of your, uh, the season fin- series finale of your favorite TV show. So have that scene. Okay, great. Now you're going to redo that entire scene again. But this time, you were talking about uh, the end of your parents' life. And, and how does that change what you are emotionally choosing to do? And, but keep the lines exactly the same. Like, all of the things the same. So, like, some of the lines are inherently funny. Because if you're like, yeah, I can't believe Ziva left. Dad. Like, yeah. Like, right, right. Like, that's inherently funny. But... Like, That's a horrible a really ending. Scene. I can't believe I waited for that. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. They, they never end these things right. <laughs> exactly. And and you've just given like a great example though, like of like like the first time when you're like, I can't believe that it ended like that, knowing right. in the second time that it's gonna be dad, like instead of like going to the audience and being like, I know that this is about to be real funny to you, if you stay with, I can't believe it ended like that. That was awful. Like, it's so different, but yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. it's true and it's right. vulnerable and it's magic. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, really quick, ahead, for the both of you, uh, what would you call some of the tropes of a performer who isn't uh, either emotionally available or, or connected, you know, or totally connected? Like, if you were, if you were doing an improv game where you had to do your impression of these people, what would you do? Uh, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, let's let's paint a picture of somebody uh, <laughs> we can really take to the, uh, what do you call I it? I didn't say fire. name them. I'm just um, saying, like, you know. Well, I, I think that, that one, it's such, it's such a simple thing. And again, it's kind of a cliche um, uh, note, I guess. But like, it's eye contact and just like the, the act of listening and and I'm and I, th- th- it's also like things that I know that I do if I'm not being um, connected is I'm I'm not using active listening skills. I'm not doing a lot of yep. turning in toward or eye contact with my partner, um, and uh, I'm not like using what they said uh, or or like kind of reiterating in any direct way um, what they're giving. Uh, you know, the, 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 that's like probably the most common thing. Um, and uh, it's just it's also one of those things that's so much easier said than done to, to fix. It, it's, it sounds so simple, but it's so hard to, like, be conscious of uh, in the moment. Yeah. yeah. Uh, wow, that's interesting. I. I, oh, I feel like it's. Um, 
it's more common with with uh, younger, newer improvisers. But the uh, if they are with somebody who who is doing well, who who is is listening and doing all of the things, then they coast. They just jump on the train. Oh, and yeah. and they do a lot of yes, but they don't do a lot of and. Mm. And so it's like you can clearly see like one person driving the train and the other person's like, great, I'm here too. No, I, I, and those are the same people like in a, a three or more person scenes who's just like their hype man. Like, yeah, what he said. Yeah, or she said, what they said. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, yes, yes, yes. Um, yeah, and it's like, it's like you, it's so fascinating because those are almost the people that I'm like, what do you have to say? I want right. to know what's in, what is, what do you want? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Oh, like, yeah. Ah! Surprise me. Say no for once. Where right? was your line? Where was your line at? Yeah. Igor? Or have an emotional reaction that is un- yeah. un- like surprising in that moment. Like be hurt by what they've said instead of, oh, great, super. Yeah, let's do that. It's like. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think, um, well, you know, and, and uh, this, did, did you have uh, things in your mind, Bob, to, to point to uh, before oh, I take us in another direction? No, I, well, I, I guess, no, I, re- I totally agree with everything you both said. Uh, I think there's another one, like, and something I complain about a lot, people who always play high status because they want to protect themselves. And, and meaning, like, oh, yeah, yeah, they, yeah. They, they, they take uh, high status because then whatever you say to them or where your character says them, it doesn't really affect them. So I almost played too cool for school. Like, I hate you. That's okay. You can hate me. I'm your boss. I can fire you. you, you whatever you say, you're nothing. You know, those kind of, yeah. those kind of performers. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that, that, that like, uh, it's helpful to kind of um, talk about these uh, sort of surface level indicators because yeah. like you said, Eileen, it's, it's hard when you're, when you're going through, classes and rehearsals and, and you're just improvising over and over again um, where each scene is unique. And so it's like, well, was I doing that out of habit or was I doing that because that's what the scene called for? Um, and so again, it just kind of points to how being having consistent exercise and kind of taking away some of the unscripted um, elements in rehearsal might actually help you identify some habits more easily or, or, or not, not, uh, make excuses for them based on like, well, uh, I was just doing that because of this scene or what happened with that character. It's, it's like, well, but you, you know, if you can, if you can find a way to be like, it seems to come up often, uh, the yeah. easier it is for you to, to do that, the easier it is for you to kind of, uh, come to terms with unconscious, uh, negative habits. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and it's, it's, like we all get that like the train leaves the station in a performance and you don't want to be thinking about the minutiae. You're like, how does this all gel together? And, and I think sometimes we, we get back into rehearsal and we think that's how we have to practice. Mm-hmm. And it's like, right. no, pull it apart and stop the train and, and really dig into to the things with specificity. Cause that's the other thing is like, you know, I can, I can do warm up games until I'm, 103 degrees temperature and not know why I'm doing them. So if you don't, if you don't say, okay, this is an, this game is, is specifically for this muscle. We need this muscle because it's atrophy and we're, you know, and, and also not being 
too good for practice. I think that's another thing that's worth mentioning. It's like, yes, yeah. improv is playful and amazing and wonderful. I still need to go back and have scenes with people where it's like, yep, all we're going to do is care about each other. We're going to name each other and give a shit about the first thing that you say to me. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I like, love that. Yes. <laughs> I, yeah. I, I've just, I, I went through a long, uh, when I started really teaching frequently, I, I went through a pretty long stretch where like anytime I would have an opportunity to teach a workshop, um, I would try to come up with a new workshop, you know, and uh, it, it was a, a little while before I realized that, that like maybe I should just have one workshop that I think has the most consistently helpful or useful tools for me to offer as a teacher uh, because just coming up with like a different one and a different one every time, um, I, uh, I, I just kind of never had thought about like, well, what's the point of that? Like, uh, why not just go back to the fundamentals, even inside of like one class, you know, the stuff that you do on week one or two, you can do again by the end of the, the, the course and uh, not have to worry about like, well, week seven's got to be different. It's like, well, actually maybe it's more beneficial to return to those fundamentals and uh, get another attempt at the same thing with a couple more classes under your belt. A hundred percent. Going back yeah. to those things and finally being able to connect synapses that weren't firing in week one. It's like, yeah. oh, shit, that's what you were telling me. You said I asked questions. You're right. I do ask questions <laughs> yeah. when I'm yeah. uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, totally. There's an exercise I once played with a, a class where I had them do the rules, but sarcastically. Like, name each other, like, oh, hi, Dave. Like, and it was something they were struggling with. But as soon as I said sarcastically, they were crushing. And I was like, can, now can we just get, get, take away the sarcasm and just do it? And it was fun. Yeah. It's, I, yeah. I, I think when we first learned, we put all this pressure. We, we create a checklist of everything that has to be done. And, and it's distracting. So when you're... When you're checking off all the things you're supposed to do and, and on the other side of your brain, you're beating yourself up for the things you did forget to do, like you are losing your focus. And it, 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 this again, this thing's supposed to be fun, but it's also supposed to be work. But then again, it's supposed to be fun. So it's, it's finding that balance. Yeah. Well, Which is a I, very confusing sentence I just made up. So you're welcome for that. That's the fun thing about improvisation is we talk in all of these yeah. theoreticals and then we're like, great, right. go, be be open, be vulnerable, yes, and yeah, yeah, make yeah. sense, do all of these things. And like breaking make that down. Make bold choices, but make them, you know, connectable. Yeah, yeah. Subtle, <laughs> organic, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and that's, I think that that also like is going back to the theater background. Um it, it can kind of bridge that vocabulary uh, because I do uh, I do think that it it lends itself very naturally to okay great the whole design of theater is to be seen doing something you do in private and the whole idea of improv is to heighten that to a level uh, of not even insanity, but just a, a level of interest for your audience right. that they catch their breath a little bit to go, oh, God, they don't know what's going to happen next. We don't know what's going to happen next. Um, yeah. Yeah, you know. it's letting it's letting people in on the process. I think that that's uh, a great way to, to frame it. Yes. Again, about doing something in private, like 
uh, that's the approach for acting. Yeah, that makes a ton of sense to me. Uh, again, especially as just two angles where you're immediately exposed <laughs> with improv in a way that you work your way up to uh, in acting classes. As far as I, you know, my experience um, would say. Um, what about physicality, Eileen? I, I think um, you mentioned uh, before we did the episode that, that uh, physicality is something that you uh, love and and I imagine has to do with commitment and, and the acting realm too. Yeah, and it's just, I mean, it's 150% harder in improvisation because there's fucking nothing on stage. <laughs> like, like, let me create this thing that I hope I fucking remember is right here. Did everyone see me make <laughs> yeah, this? Yeah, because yeah, the right. coffee table <laughs> is fucking right here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so like, so, so I think, you know, that's another one of those things that the audience, it just takes their breath away when like one person creates the refrigerator and another person honors it and opens the fucking refrigerator. Yeah. And it's so... You cannot get there without practice. And I, I swear to God, if there is one like absolute that I truly believe in, I'm like, take a fucking object workshop and take yes. it again and take it again. Take it with everybody in your improv troupe so that you all have the same vocabulary and understanding. It will 100% make things better. And, and it's just understanding like, how do you sit on a couch? How does the douche canoe that you're playing sit on a couch? How does the child that you're playing sit on a couch? And like really digging into that, like, how does this character move? And then the audience paints that picture. They paint the rest of the picture. And it's beautiful to watch happen because it's a communal experience. They're like, we see this 300 pounds, six foot three man as a four-year-old. Yeah. Right. Just by the way, he's sitting on that chair. And it's like, yes. And it's that very, like, it's nothing you say. It's nothing that is tangible, but it's everything visual. And just making those visual nuggets, I think, is it just, it creates a story that's going to write itself. Because even just as a fellow improviser, if I see someone in a certain physicality, if they haven't named it, I'm sure the hell gonna. Right. And that's, and that's such a gift to give your fellow partner to be like, great, you're walking with a hunch. I am either going to decide, yep, you are the hunchback of Notre Dame, or I'm going to decide, oh, you got beat up again, little Timmy. Great. Super. I don't care what the answer is, but now we know what the hell you are. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Great. Uh, first of all, I love the term uh, physical nugget. Uh, <laughs> But I agree. I think I think that's another thing. Going back to stuff, we should focus more with our students, like stage picture, and just considering what it looks like, and maybe initiating with like it's just a strong stage picture. Like, where is everything? How does this? How does this help your character? Or or how does your character interact? Like you said, like how's how's the child sit in this? chair compared to i believe douche nozzle sits in this chair like how does this work and how do these douche nozzles and children interact when they're both sitting in the same chair yes interaction it's just it's so juicy it's so juicy to see and watch because you're like oh oh god that's interesting like oh he's standing she's sitting and clearly upset 
they haven't said anything yet. This is already interesting. Rather than, hi, we both came off the back line and yeah. neither of us has anything. I'll hold a cup. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, how yeah. many times have we all held a cup because we have no idea what to do? Oh, yeah. yeah. Or typed. That's the other one. <laughs> like, I got the computer. Nah. Excellent typing. Yep. <laughs> Thank you. Exactly. I, I'm a Muppet. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. I think that uh, for sure physicality is how do you, how do you um, what, what would be like advice on how to just like get into that the habit um you know, or, or like when, when you were really, were there times for you, Eileen, when you were, uh, developing as an improviser that you wanted to incorporate that more or things that work for you on a regular basis to just like make sure that you're keeping things three-dimensional with physicality? Yes. So I'm going to give Bob some super credit because he brought up earlier, um, telling his students to be sarcastic and then, uh, they had that beautiful contrast of, oh, okay, this is your sarcasm, so let's find your genuine. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And I feel like that can that works really, really nicely with. Uh, it's it's almost tricking everybody because they think they're doing things over the top and crazy, and very rarely, yeah. I'm sure if you guys have noticed in your classes, mm-hmm. very rarely do they give you the ah, that's exactly what I need it to be on the verse go, but you're like, go, go big. Go, okay, I need it bigger. Great, bigger. So if you if you get them out of that comfort zone and really understanding the physical movement of their body, it's it's not about again, it's it's meant to be seen. These are private moments that are meant to be seen. So I am not looking for the reality of what you would do here. I'm not looking yeah. for the tiny. I am looking for you are doing this to be seen by your partner and by the audience. So I would probably move a glass if I were mad in a, in a much calmer way. If I'm mad at you, I'm like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to piggyback yeah. on what you just said, I love it. <laughs> um, but it's not just about doing those big things. It's about sustaining them as well. Because that's my yeah. other pet peeve. Commitment. You finally Commitment. get yeah, yeah. get to that <laughs> that oh well, pick a bigger emotion. You're at a five. I need you at a twenty. And they do it. Uh, for example, oh someone got shot. Ah oh that that really hurt. That hurt when you. I am shot right here. Um, yeah. I can feel yeah. all my blood going out. It's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like where's the pain? Because no. <laughs> that's what makes me laugh. Ugh. Yeah, and that's and that's that commitment that it, you know. So when when you get them those building blocks, so like you start with the great. You gave me two seconds of what I wanted. Now give me three. <laughs> now give me twelve. Great. Now change the emotion in the middle of it, but keep the intensity. And so yeah, you know, and yeah. it is that it's cultivating that earth. Like you're not going to grow a tree in one in one session. You have to like, okay, great. Here we're gonna plant, we're gonna see what starts to grow, and let's let's build on that. But I feel like what what happens a lot, and I mean, because you know, we go all over the place performing, improvising, taking one-off workshops, and I have mm-hmm. classes, but I don't necessarily have uh, students who are who are coming back and back and back. So like you get something, it starts to grow, and then it withers because you've gone on to something else, you're working on another skill, and mm-hmm. then you know three months go by and you're like, oh, right. Yeah. I was doing that thing. What, 
what is that thing again? So it's like this constant, like, grow your trees. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Grow all your trees. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> grow your trees. <laughs> grow your trees. Uh, yeah. I'm so glad we're talking movement because the both of you, I, I think, of are two of my, my go-to people when I give examples of, you know, go big. Like, it, whether it's facial expressions or just, like, how you walk into the, onto the stage or into a scene. How do you get – first of all, how do you develop that? And how do you teach that? No, first of all, high five, Eileen. Whichever way, whichever way. I'm, go forward, just go prove, forward. You're just proving me punk, right. Go forward. Yeah, yeah, there we you, go. You just proved me right. <laughs> uh, yeah, what, uh, what, uh, what do you think, Eileen? Uh, so uh, going back to theater training, um, it's, it's first uh, getting people comfortable being watched. Uh, that's the that's the first like just thing they have to get out of their head like they're going to be looking at you and so it matters and and you have to be looking at you so yes i know it seems silly but you have to spend time looking at yourself in the mirror we all have zoom now get a zoom room to yourself and watch yourself <laughs> like, <laughs> You know, and it's like, great, how do I usually sit? How does Eileen sit? And really taking stock. And it's, and it's be, it has, it like, it's not therapy, but it's like, it's like, you got to be okay with who you are. What is your brand? Who are you? And, and then great. Who are you as a douche nozzle? Who are you <laughs> as a four-year-old? As a child. <laughs> yeah. Who, who are you as, you know, a villain? Uh, who are right. you? At, who is the heightened version of you on stage? Because that, I think, is the hardest one. Because it's like, great, you came in as yourself. Make that performance worthy. Not, you're, you're you, but heightened. And what does that heightened mean? And sometimes, you know, that, that can be like, a years long journey for some people because they, it's really hard for them to kind of take stock of, okay, well, what are the things that I do? Am I, is my brand mom? Is my brand vixen? Is it, what do I give off? What is that thing that I give off? Yeah. And then, and then how can I change that thing with zero props, zero costumes yeah. and, and just myself. And so then when, when you can get to that part where they can start toying with and playing with, then it is about, okay, what kind of voices can you do? And, and the way that you can watch TV, who are the people that you really enjoy watching on television? What movies do you love? Mimic the shit out of those people. You are Gal Gadot. That's who you are. Be Wonder Woman. <laughs> That's who you are. And, and like, absolutely. Like, and, and what's beautiful about improv is that you don't have to limit it to who can you realistically play if you go into an audition. Fuck that noise. I'm going to yep. play King of the Hill. Like, you know? Yeah, that's the beauty of, of improv is that it's really limitless. Yeah, yeah. Right. So, but, but remembering that they all come from this person. So, like, because what I often see, especially with um, newer improvisers, is that they're like, I'm not sure I'm doing this right. So this is my version of this character. And I'm just I, like, I know it's terrible. It's like, nope. You are that person. Commit to being 100% that person. But they're coming from you. Yeah, That's where they yeah. need to come from. Yeah. Well, so before we let you go here, Eileen, um, it's been such a great conversation. Yes. And um, I, I, yeah. Oh, my God. Commitment is 
is a very, very important topic, and I'm, I'm glad that we got to explore it with you. Yes, um, thank you so much for having me. Yeah. Uh, what, what else? Uh, are, are there any plugs you'd like to make about things that you're doing in the virtual world at the moment? Uh, gosh, well, uh, so I am part of uh, Comedy Sports Cincinnati. We do uh, weekly Zoom shows on Monday nights. Uh, you can check out their Facebook page. It has all the info. Uh, I am also part of Two Sketchy Dames. We are a marvelous uh, improv and sketch comedy duo. And Bob was actually on our show on August 2nd. You can see all of our episodes uh, on Two yeah. Sketchy Dames' Facebook page. Um, check out all of the wonderful offerings at Go Theater. I got to tell you, these guys are fucking phenomenal. Uh, I, Natalie has gotten me in the best shape of my life. She keeps inviting me to all of these running goodies. Tell me about <laughs> it. Oh, my gosh. I was like, all right, fine. Buy swag. It's so adorable. I have a mask that says improv on it wonderful yeah um, I've, and I've yeah. seen you get the swag bags that's very yeah. it's very cool, very cool. To, to order that stuff and support uh go comedy so oh my gosh yeah, absolutely yeah and just uh bring light to the world there's there's room for it and there's room for everybody's light so let it shine beautifully Definitely. said and thanks again for joining uh it's been really great to chat with you um we will catch you next time on improv faq at length Bye. Bye. Bye.